Welcome to Women's Wellness with Bevy. I'm Amber and with Bronwyn here, we've created Bevy, a wonderful community for women where they can concentrate on becoming the best versions of themselves. You can find Bevy online at bevy.nz and take a look around at all the great resources we've collated to help women look after themselves physically, mentally and emotionally. Workouts, yoga, meditation, nutritional advice, inspirational interviews like this one and so much more in one easy to find location. You don't have to do it all, just do what seems to you because after all, it's all about you. Come and check it out and be part of a community of supportive women right here waiting for you. Okay, so let's get going with today's Bevy Banter guest. Today on the Bevy Banter, we have a lovely lady joining us all the way from the UK. Megan Camacho is a qualified career and life coach passionate about supporting working mothers in the corporate environment. Megan runs a business called Balanced Mother Coaching and has a big focus on reducing that dreaded mum guilt, increasing the focus on self-care and being able to love both your career and motherhood at the same time. Welcome to the Bevy Banter, Megan. We and many of our members, I know, are excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you both. Can you kick us off today by telling us more about yourself and who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as Bronwyn said, I'm Megan Camacho. Um, just to clarify, I am in the UK, but I'm originally from the US. I know it confuses everyone. So um, I moved to the London to London 15 years ago. So I've been in the UK for since 2007. Random side story is that I ended up staying because I came for an internship. And during that time, I met the person who is now my husband mm-hmm. randomly on a beach in the south of England. Um, people always say I should write a book about it. <laughs> Maybe I will one day. Um, funnily enough, after we ended up getting married, about six years of after six years of dating, one of the people that was with my husband that day on the beach, we ran into them and they were like, oh, how did you two meet? Not recognizing that I was that girl. And I said, oh, do you remember that day at the beach? And he said, no way that worked. (laughs) (laughs) So so here we are 15 years later uh, with a five-year-old. So yeah, so when I when I had my son is what really prompted me to start thinking about creating my own coaching business. So um, I'm a qualified career and life coach, and I've been working in career coaching, mostly within um, HR, learning and development and training type of roles for corporates like Barclays, KPMG, um, Goldman Sachs, even Avon for a bit as well, working in their head office. So I have a variety of different industries and supporting people with things like career transitions and interviews and job prep and things like that. But when I became a mother and I went back to work, I had taken an extended career break of about 18 months. And so I was really like, what is going on? Because it was a tough transition for me. It was a tough transition for my child. And you really start to doubt yourself of like, am I doing the right thing? You know, even if you love your career or you might be going back to work because you have to, and that's okay too. Um, and, but you still have that struggle of, you know, I know I'm doing what's right for my family, but it still doesn't feel great if you're dropping your child crying off to nursery every day, right? So I had actually a coach of my own when I was going back to work and turns out she had children that were grown at that time. And she said, oh, I remember those days when they were small. And she's like, I know what it's like. And so we started talking about, you know, what are things that I could do to like really manage myself and to help myself get in a good space of you know, feeling empowered that I was doing the right thing in my career and it was what I loved and that I deserved that too. So about two years ago, 
I thought, you know what, this is coming up so much. I work with in a big team that has a lot of working mothers as well. And they were all saying the same thing. And then, you know, you go on social media and you've got great things like Bevy and all this type of support for working mothers. So I was like, you know what, this is like really a thing that people are struggling with, but it didn't feel like many people would really talk about it or want to admit it because we do have that pressure of we need to be perfect and we can't say we're struggling. And if, if we are struggling, then we feel like we must be doing something wrong. So the more I was working on that myself, led me then to create my own coaching business. Um, so thinking about, you know, how can we get rid of the guilt? Where does this guilt come from? Um, so now I've got Balanced Mother Coaching, which I started when we were in the lockdown pandemic in 2020. Um, and I just kind of put together a group program and I said, let's see what happens. Let's roll it out and see if anyone wants to do it. Ended up getting a couple people in that first one. Um, and, you know, they gave me good feedback and they said, you have to keep doing it. So it's just kind of grown from there. Um, and in the last, I would say, kind of six months, it's just really been lots of organizations like yourself asking if I would come and talk, um, which I think is great because, you know, the more women we can support, the more we can get them in a happy and healthy space. I always say the happier and healthier our children will be. And that's the ultimate goal. Mm. I, I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said within that I, I deserve to to work and enjoy my work too uh -huh. um and and that's isn't it an interesting shift because we exist as these people prior to having children where we know that we we have value and we can enjoy our work and it's okay to be career focused to then we have children and this switch goes off where suddenly we're expected to work like we're not parents and parent like we don't work. I mean, what happens there? <laughs> it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is the pressure from society and, you know, what we think we see on things like social media where, you know, you see, it's like, I think about when I was starting out, I think all of us have the whole, the breastfeeding, right? Are we gonna breastfeed? Are we gonna bottle feed? And that's like the first big pressure I feel like we all get. And in every picture you see like this beautiful, serene, calm, beautiful mm -hmm. moment of like a mother holding their little baby, breastfeeding, no problem at all. And I breastfed, I always say what for what felt like a thousand years. And I was like, where are these moments of like calm, peaceful perfection? <laughs> because a lot of time it was like, you know, three in the morning, you haven't slept for three days, you haven't showered, washed your hair, the kid is screaming like a banshee. And, but you, but then I would feel like, am I doing something wrong? Cause it doesn't look like that picture. That picture is mm. not real. Yeah. <laughs> that picture doesn't even exist. It's a pose, you know, model. I'm mm. not even a real baby, <laughs> but we see so much of that, that we then put that pressure on ourselves to have these perfect, I don't know, perfect moments, I guess. Do you think our mums would have just, do you think they felt less mum guilt because they didn't have that? I mean, I do, you know, like they could have looked in the old woman's weekly. That's the New Zealand weekly rag. <laughs> what uh, a name. You know, they, they could have looked in, in the woman's weekly and seen somebody that was doing yeah. something great, but I suppose they're not, they weren't constantly presented with it. Yeah, I actually, I asked my, my mom this and she always says she would not want to be a mother in like this generation mm. because she said, you have so much pressure on yourselves. You have all the stuff of social media. She said, you also have access to so much information that 
in some ways it's bad because it's an overload of things. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times do we Google whatever thing we're worried about and you get a thousand different responses and they're all terrible too, right? It's like, if you Google a health symptom, you, you think you're dying, even if you just have a cold. And it's the same thing with parenting, right? Oh my God, you've done this. Well, you've scarred your child for life. You're going to end up in therapy or, you, you know, you're like, I'm a terrible mother because I, you know, left them for five minutes. Mm. <laughs> and it's not true, you know, like going back to your point of how do we recognize that we're still a person, you know, it's like motherhood is only one part of us, mm. you know, a, a whole person has many pieces and many parts. And so when you have children, yes, motherhood is one of them. This, it's not your whole being. It's not, you don't just suddenly forget who you were for the last 20, 30 years. Absolutely. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, it's, in, it's interesting, isn't it? And I think that that's a real, that's a real coming of, like we talk a lot within Bevy about rediscovering our identity and rediscovering our identity within this sort of new realm of who we are. What... For, for somebody that is in a space where they are struggling to feel like anything but someone's mother, and not that that's not an incredible and hugely important job, but like you say, it's one facet. What are some of the things that you'd suggest that they look at or that they start to consider? So you're saying when when they're struggling to connect with that motherhood piece or when they're feeling like motherhood is the only thing. When they're feeling like motherhood's it. Yeah, when it's the only thing. And, and I actually think that we all go through that. I, I think it's not something that we should beat ourselves up about because it is very normal, especially those early days, right? You can't help but be engulfed by that little person because they need everything from you, right? It's, I always say like, if you can get through the first two or three years, it does get easier because I feel like the last couple of years have been so much different to my first years. But I would say if you are feeling like that, that is definitely an indication that you need something for yourself. And I know that it can seem really overwhelming and can seem impossible. And, you know, everyone goes, oh, self-care, take a bubble bath, paint your nails, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, yes, I love all of those things, but I also think that it's made self-care just be a very fluffy thing. Mm -hmm. And what it really comes down to when you dig into that is, do we feel that we deserve it? Do we feel worthy? Do we feel like we can have the time that we can take the time for ourselves? Um, and it can feel uncomfortable. It does for most of us, but it's also one of those things that becomes more comfortable with time. So even if you can just do, can you do 20 minutes one day a week? You know, even if that, that might feel a lot for some people, other people are like 20 minutes a day, what's that going to do for me? But if you look at anything like setting a habit and trying to create intentions, you, it has to start off small. If you start off too big, you get overwhelmed and then we don't do anything. So could you give yourself 20 minutes of you read a book if you love to read, or could you take a walk if you haven't had any fresh air that day or any exercise or anything like that? Could you meet someone for a coffee? Simple little things like that, which are at least something that will give you a little bit back for yourself, do build up over time and will start to make a difference. And once you get comfortable with something small, then make it something big. Like then could you go, you know, for an hour or for an afternoon or for a night away? I mean, I didn't go away from, from my son for the first five years, which now when I say that, I'm like, that is insane. 
that I never did that. And after I did, I was like, what's wrong with me? I should have done that years ago. He was totally fine. (laughs) But it's a big step. It feels scary. (laughs) And it's so hard to see the wood through the trees in that respect. Like, even if you're at the point where you're not feeling like you're doing the greatest or you're feeling like you're working from a place, like a deficit, to actually be able to give yourself the grace and the permission to have that time, to pull that time back into yourself. And then you feel like you need to ask your partner for permission to take that time or justify it somehow, don't you as well? It can be quite a a vicious little cycle. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really important point to, to bring about that you've got to get your partner involved with that too. You know, those lines of communication have to be open. Um, because, you know, we talked a bit about the beginning of like, you know, men don't have dad guilt, like they never talk about feeling like this. Um, and so sometimes, you know, they, because they're not on the same wavelength and mindset as us. And then, you know, we've got things like hormones and emotions and all of that is kicking in postpartum too. Um, you know, letting them know like, Hey, I need 20 minutes or I need you to take the baby and, and feed them, or I need you to change this nappy, whatever it is you need. Even if that's just a few minutes, it still gives you a break. And I love that point that you made about giving yourself grace too, because yeah, I think we also then have all that guilt about like, oh, we need to clean the house and we have to cook all the meals and they need to be fresh and organic and blah, blah. And it's like, that's just more pressure that we put on ourselves. So I always tell people like, leave the toys because you know what? You're going to pick them up again tomorrow and it's going to be the same thing day after day after day. Like I've just accepted that I have a child. My house is going to be a mess. If somebody doesn't like it, then they probably shouldn't be at my house. And mm. that's just the way it is. Like, I'm, I'm not going to spend three hours every day tidying up toys for them just to come out again the next morning. I mm. saw a, um, a meme <laughs> on Facebook the other day. It was like, being a parent is like constantly tidying up after a party you weren't invited to. It's <laughs> so true. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, so sometimes, again, it's like, you just got to let it go. And it's like, if it comes down to you know, me doing something that I need to do for me versus toys, I'm going to pick me because mm-hmm. that's going to be what's most beneficial for me. And then it's going to benefit my child. Mm. It's really funny what you guys were talking about before when you were saying about our parents, did they experience mum guilt or anything like that? My mum was listening to an interview that we did with Nathan Wallace, who is a neuroscience educator here in New Zealand and focuses a lot on child rearing. What would you call it, Amber? Like mm-hmm. just um, parenting. Um, and, and raising yeah. raising children and she came off that and was like oh god I'm a terrible mother you know and I think this comes down to what you're saying about having more information about yes. it and everything like that and having all of these other avenues and funnels that we reflect to and gather information from and importantly or unimportantly is comparing ourselves with that's really just exactly what was going through my head too Bronwyn and in a, in a funny space actually but I think that it's so important who we surround ourselves with. And I, I've got an upcoming birthday on Saturday. And the reason that this makes me think about it is I look back with my older boys that are now 11 and 12, I look back at their original, their initial birthday cakes and I'm like, lady, you're on fire. <laughs> like these were elaborate race cars and they were like incredible. And then, and then I look at my younger two, and if they were lucky, they might have had the, the age that they were turning made out of pre-bought lamingtons. But yeah. I, think, I think the thing is that who you surround yourself with, other mums that are uh, find it equally as funny when you phone it in, because that's actually a lot easier than it is to break yourself 
for what purpose? I mean, in the sense of birthday cakes and stuff, your kid's pretty happy with whatever. So it's yeah, of balloons, and they think it's the best thing you've ever done in your life. Absolutely. So, so yeah. Do you think that really visiting who it is we're surrounding ourselves with and that comparison can be really helpful? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually in the group program that I have. That is something that we look at is what I call your hype squad or your spark squad is like, who do you surround yourself with? And those people should be motivational, inspirational, supportive of you. You know, if you may have to cut some relationships off depending on what phase of life you're in. And again, that's a normal thing. We It happens to us throughout our lives. It's going to happen at different stages along the way every time. Um, but it, yeah, it really is about, you know, you've got to protect your mental health and you've got to be around people that um, will help you too. It's like, I remember somebody that I ended, I ended up becoming friends with in real life, but they said, oh, when I found your page, I really liked you because like you would just come on with messy hair and no makeup on and, you know, like yesterday's pajamas and you were just admitted that you hadn't showered for three days. <laughs> I was like, oh God, I'm a mess, aren't I? And she's like, no, I, she goes, no, that's what made me like you because I'm like that too. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, I, I couldn't be like one of those Insta moms with the, the beautiful outfits and the perfect hair and the perfect decor. She's like, I, it made me feel bad about myself. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. And it, and I mean, it's not a judgment on that. I mean, that's great. No. That's what yeah. people can maintain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Flip me. I don't know how. It's funny, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Hats off to them. And it's very impressive. And I also think there's a lot of women that that makes them happy. And they should absolutely do that too. You know, if you love getting dressed in the morning, if you love, you know, throwing an amazing birthday party, having beautiful decor, like please do all of that because you know, I think we're all on the same page of like moms are just trying to survive, but not, and I don't want moms to just survive. I want us to like thrive and love our lives. So, you know, whatever makes you happy and gives you that joy, that's what you should do. But mm. don't feel the pressure that you have to be like other ones that you see. Mm. And I think one of our common phrases or our co-papa, our, our mantra down here is you never know what other people are going through, you know, especially when we are comparing them to the social images and what they're putting out there on their platforms is that you don't know what's going on behind those scenes as well. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. You know, sometimes it can be a cover for something, you know, they may actually have some real unhappiness or dark times going on and that's a way that they're coping with it. So yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, no judgment to anyone. We just have to mom in the best way we can. Mm. And I definitely think you might get to a point. So I've got three. Amber's got four you get to a point where you're like no judgment sister like actual skin to yeah. the wind been there done that do what you gotta do you know I've got my daughter my older I've got, I've got two stepchildren my eldest daughter's about to become a mum in December too and I oh. you know all the pressures that she's got and I'm like you've just yeah. got to do what feels right for you because you're gonna have parents and all this sort of stuff and then you've got your social stuff as well so just really important to maybe take that time do you think to understand what you actually value again and let those drive your decisions? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that probably most of us don't do before we become, you know, when you're pregnant, you're not really thinking about what are my values and what do I really want to hold on to after I give birth? You know, you're yeah. more like, what do I need to buy? And like, how am I going to keep this person alive? 
Um, but yeah, another thing again that like ties into my program is yeah, absolutely you need to look at what do you really value, what do you enjoy, you know what what makes you feel good, what how, what kind of mother do you want to be, um, and there's no right or wrong with that. It has to be what do how do you want to create your life? You know what kind of balance do you want to find? I don't think there's any you know here's the correct definition or here's the perfect situation because we're all different people. It's like if you said to someone, what's your perfect day? I bet all three of us would say something different. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean our day is not perfect exactly how we want it to be, but it's not what everyone else wants to be. I think that's where we get, get again, get that pressure and get that feeling bad or that we failed or that guilt because we think, oh, well, so-and-so is doing this and I'm not doing that. So should I be? Or like they read that book. Should I have read that book? I always tell people, just don't read any book just wing it. It'll work out. Like you will figure it out. Don't read any books because they make you feel bad about yourself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I really agree with that. And I, I can't remember who it is that had said exactly that too. Maybe it was somebody, it might've actually been somebody we interviewed, Catherine Burkett might've said that, you know, there's so many parenting books and that's fantastic. But actually a lot of the time, all they do is actually highlight all the things that you feel like you're not doing on top of all of the things you already felt like you weren't doing. Um, yeah. Isn't it, and let me see if I can articulate this properly. Do you think that motherhood brings about a sense of really needing to establish your identity? Or, mm. or do you think because you go through such a big change like i think at certain times of your life like certain certain ages or certain um milestone events or milestone birthdays or anything like that it sort of it sort of gives you um uh a bit of a pointer to think right is this where i want to be who is this and and, and am i doing what i want to do do you think that motherhood just coincides with an age where most women would be doing that anyway? Or is it really that that real change in, in life structure that sort of causes that sort of real dip in identity? Do you know, I think it really depends on the woman because I have friends that are like, I absolutely love being a mother and I don't care if I, you know, I don't want to have a career. I'm happy at home. I know I'm, I look a mess. It's not a priority for me. And they just throw themselves in it and they, you can tell they absolutely love it. There are other mothers, like I put myself in the other category where I was like, I don't want that to be my only thing. I really love my job. I'm fiercely independent. I want my own money. You know, I didn't want to be a stay at home mom. I didn't feel like I was a good stay at home mom. I was like, I will be better if I'm like in an office or using my brain in a different way. Um, so I, I think part of it is like, what does, again, what do we actually want for our lives and, and our motherhood and how important our careers and things like that for us? Um, and then I think too, it is, there is different parts of our age, right? Like if you're, I think if someone is in their twenties versus their thirties versus, you know, we're having children later in life. So even in our forties, I mean, I was 36 when I had my son. So I was like, I'm geriatric and all these young, you know, young women are having babies and it's so easy for them. And I felt like it took me a thousand years to recover. So I do think it's like you also get, I think different stages of confidence as we age. I would say, you know, women, we get better with age. So it's like, if you thought your twenties or thirties were great, it's like, just wait till your forties, what I keep telling people now. 
Um, and I think it's, it is because your confidence grows. You, you learn about yourself more. You understand more about your needs. And you're just more open about what it is you need and confident enough to ask for it. Mm. Yes, I'd agree with that. Bronwyn's about to embark on her 40s. And um, I, and have to, <laughs> I, I know it is literally the best, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just over a month. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like you get to 40 and it's like no Fs given. Like literally they just Absolutely. all disappear. <laughs> and I don't know how it happens, but it's just, it's like you wake up and you're like, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if you don't like it, stuff it. <laughs> yes, that is the best way to describe it. I 100% agree with that. Um, so can you tell us um, a little bit about your No Apology Needed program? Yeah, so it's a three-month coaching program that I've put together. And it starts out, there's kind of different modules and things that you do each week. Um, nothing too, you know, overbearing or crazy because it's specifically aimed at working mothers, especially in the corporate world, because that's the world I came from. So thinking about those little shifts that you can make in your mindset and your beliefs and the people you surround yourself with. So in the first month, you look at, you know, where am I currently? Like, There's this exercise you can do called the wheel of life. If anyone's even interested in like, you know, thinking about what is bothering me right now or where are the areas of my life that I'd like to improve on, you can just Google wheel of life and it will come up as a free exercise for any, like every, a lot of people use it in coaching world. So it just gets you to look at, you know, all these areas of my life, you know, it can be finances, friends, career, family, everything. And you can rate them from a one to 10 and it creates a wheel. And you look, is your wheel wobbly? Is your wheel rounded? Is it a bit wonky? So it helps you to think about where do I need those changes? And then the, the next few weeks after that are what kinds of changes do I need? Um, and how can I start to implement them? And then in the second month, we start to look at things like, you know, who, is, who am I surrounding myself with? Where's that spark squad or hype squad that I need? Do I have any toxic relationships or maybe some toxic people that I need to get rid of? Because that's another tough one when we have big life changes like that. And also looking at what kinds of habits can I start to implement that will get me into that better space of really recognizing what I want for my career, what I want for my motherhood, and how do I balance that? So, and that's not a, here's the perfect way you balance it, but that's what does balance look like for you and how can you create that? And what, what do you need more or less of in order to get to that space? And then in the third month, we're implementing all of that and also thinking about now, how do I carry this forward, right? Because it's great that you've started to make changes, but you don't want to just lose it all or give it up and stop. So then it's about setting those intentions, getting really clear about your vision, setting some goals, you know, all those things you don't really think about in the early stages of, of motherhood or parenting. I think so often you just kind of get swept up in all of it. And, you know, we put ourselves at the bottom of the list and we forget to prioritize ourselves. So that last month is really about getting comfortable and confident with prioritizing yourself being clear about what you need and actually taking it and doing it and, and getting yourself to what you need so that you can then carry that forward and keep that confidence going and growing over time. Beautiful. Do you think it's possible to completely eradicate mum guilt? No, I don't. But I think what it is, because I also, I also want to clarify that it's really important to re recognize that guilt is a normal emotion 
just as we're happy, we're sad, we're frustrated, you know, we have all these other feelings that we feel, but for some reason, guilt is the one that we associate with all the negative, terrible things. Mm. And it's the thing that we're like, oh God, if I feel guilty that I must've done something wrong and, it, and, I'm, and I'm failing. But if we recognize, okay, I'm feeling guilty about this. Why is it? So, you know, let's say I shouted at the kids. I'm feeling guilty because, you know, I wish I wasn't shouty, but why was I shouty? Am I stressed out? Am I not giving myself something that I need? Do I need to implement something extra or make sure I give myself some space? Um, and then it's also about how you handle that afterwards. So go back to your kids. I'm sorry I shouted at you. Mommy was having a bad day or mommy was feeling frustrated. Let's talk about emotions and feelings and how it's okay to feel those things, but making sure that we apologize if we know that we've reacted in a, in a negative way. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't think that we're ever gonna erase it, but I think we can learn to recognize it and manage it and let it not overwhelm us if we put those practices into place. Mm. Can I flip the switch a little bit? How can yeah. we help, well, what can we do to reduce that feeling of mum guilt for others? And I come from that from thinking about reading, I think it was Radical Awakening, and she makes a point in there about what we put up on social media because we're talking about how what social media affects us and what we see other people doing. Yeah. But actually, she talks about then going through the thought pattern about why are we putting this up on social media? Mm -hmm. You got any other thoughts on that? Yeah. So, okay. So, sorry. Tell me the question again, Bronwyn. I was like oh, yeah. thinking all these things while no, you were no, talking. No, no, no. That's all right. That's all right. I'm the babbler of the group. So, it's more about no. like from how can we as women or as mothers or both, um, help reduce the mum guilt of others or what are some things that we can think about consciously to do or to not do to help other people not feel that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So I think one thing is we can have more conversations like this, you know, where we admit that, hey, we, we've struggled too. We've had guilt. We've dealt with all of those things and it's okay. Like it's not the end of the world. It's not going to be your whole life. It doesn't mean you're a terrible mother or you're failing. It means you're human. And you have needs and emotions just like every other person does. So I think the more we can have those open and honest conversations, we can share those things on social media, you know, hey, I've had a bad day, or you know what, I really needed something for myself and I was gonna lose my effing mind if I had to spend one more minute with the kids in the house, you know? So I removed myself from that situation. And guess what? It's okay for you to do that too. It's okay for you to feel that too. Um, so I think the more we share that, that reality, I think the easier it gets for other mothers. Um, and I think also it's about really examining our expectations because a lot of the guilt is coming from unrealistic expectations of either that everything is perfect or everyone else has it all together or, you know, no one else ever feels guilty or never shouts at their kids or never has a messy house. And none of that is true. Um, I also think sometimes we've got the whole grass is greener syndrome of if you're a working mother, well, you look at the stay-at-home moms and you think, oh, they've got it perfect because they're at home and they're with their kids all the time. And those moms are looking at the working moms and saying, aren't they lucky they get to go to the office and they get to have a tea mm -hmm. break and they get five minutes away from their kids. So it's like, there's always a hard, you just have to pick your hard, like which, which hard is going to work for you. Mm. And at the end of the day, you have to remember that whatever choice you make is what is best for you and your family. And that is all that matters. Mm. Mm. It, absolutely. And I, I like the part of the question that you said with that, Bronwyn, is that, I mean, the thing is that we can only be responsible for our own emotions. 
or how we choose to react to things. And often I think sometimes for some people, what people post on social media, that looks really fantastic and serene. I mean, I love my friends that post, played mini golf, uh, buy a hole for three members of the family, had hit three other members of the family. Like, I mean, I, I love those posts because I'm like, <laughs> welcome to my world. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think it is a case of thinking, what is it that we are trying to get? Like, if we've posted something and it's quite self-congratulatory or it's, you know, look at us all holding hands in this beautiful meadow on a Sunday afternoon as a family before we have a picnic of organic food. <laughs> I, I think the thing is, what is it that, why is it that we're needing that val validation? That's a good thing to question ourselves about, isn't it? Do you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great point is why is that triggering you? And usually it's because we're having an insecurity about it ourselves mm. and, and feeling like we have to do that. But but then you want to dig a bit deeper of why am I feeling like I should be doing that too? Is that realistic? Is that reasonable? I mean, your kids probably don't even know that that field exists. And I bet you, if you take them there, they're going to have a fit and <laughs> your pictures will be terrible. You know what I mean? It's like, again, we have to remember it's one snapshot. They probably took a hundred pictures and they managed to get that one. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that without being cynical, it is good to look at social media like that. Do you know, it is good to uh, look at it and think, oh, I probably could create a realistic story about what happened there. <laughs> yeah. And then you would probably get so many mothers going, oh, I'm so glad you shared that. You know, if you posted one where like your kid was having a meltdown in the field, every mother would be like, thank you, because that's what would happen if I took my kid to the field. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that solidarity. I love that solidarity in like the grocery store when your kids are much younger yes. or in a department store and your child is losing their mind and you get all of these other mums that, yeah. that give you the, I know, I know how you feel. You've got this look. Yeah. And I mean, that's the beautiful side of it, isn't it? Is that when you've got people that are, are willing to they're non-judgmental they're like I've been there we've yeah. all been there you know it's great yeah yeah right it's like that little nod you give them like it's okay yeah right. just keep, yeah. just keep I've, going I've been there last week I know how you're feeling yeah um okay fantastic well look that is very good I tell you what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up with our five quick fire questions oh okay. um now uh uh, they uh, don't feel any pressure. They don't have to be super quick. Um, but tell us, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I think I would say to give myself grace because there definitely was a lot of pressure of perfection and feeling like I had to be like everyone else or that I had to follow all the advice that I was being given. Um, and really feeling like I lost myself in that because I was like, I don't feel like I'm living like my motherhood. I feel like I'm doing what I think everyone else wants me to do. So um, I would say, yeah, giving myself grace that it's okay to figure things out, to try things the way that I want to do them. Um, and that whatever I decide is the best way. Awesome. What is the worst advice you've ever received? <laughs> oh, goodness. What is the worst advice I've ever received? Oh, I can't think of anything. I mean... So I'm also like, my husband is a different culture than me. So there was always like different 
things that would get like suggested that it's like I'd never heard of growing up in Western culture. So, you know, it would be things like, oh, give him honey because he's teething. And then you find out like in the UK, they're like, don't give them honey because they'll it's toxic and it'll kill them. <laughs> Get them whiskey. So, it, <laughs> so it probably things like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I, we can't do that because actually I was just at the Children's Center last week and they told us no. It's like my in-laws would think that was hilarious and would just laugh and like, that's fine, just do it anyway. Oh, I yeah. Was, I was like, Keep them away from there's so much of that. Dip their dump, dip their dummy in sugar. That'll help them. Yeah, I heard that. I did hear that one as well too. Oh, yeah, great. Thought, yeah, probably something around that type of thing. Who has been your biggest influence? Oh, I I think I would say my mom for that because she she really had a mix of uh, so I have two brothers and she really had a mix of like she took a career break then she went back and she had a big career and then she took another career break because there's a gap of seven years between myself and my brothers um, you know so then she took another career break and then she was home for a long time then she had this like time back and forth and and I always just think like gosh how did she do that with three of us and then like going back and forth and you know there wasn't a lot of family help around either so my parents worked different shifts and so you know also now recognizing that being in, in a marriage myself and it's like god they were like passing chips in the night they've been married 45 almost 50 years now at this point and I'm like how did they make all of that work like they literally had zero sleep you know three kids and they had us in a million activities too um, we were in every sport under the sun. And now that I have my own child that's getting into those sports, I'm like, can you just do one? Because I don't want to be running five days a week to ballet, piano, sports, you know, football. But we were in so many things all at the same time. And I don't even know how they made it to all the games because there would be three different games every day of the week. And somehow they were in all of them. Um, so I have no idea how she was a superwoman like that, but something I would aspire to be but I, no, I probably will never get there <laughs> <laughs> and you're okay with that I guess um, I will not put that pressure on myself <laughs> um what's one thing that you do every day or every week that helps you feel like the best version of you yeah so I always make sure that I have time scheduled in my week at some point usually it's a Thursday or a Friday where I will give myself like one or two hours to just do whatever it is I feel like doing that week so it could be, you know, if maybe there's something I want to work on in my business and I know I need some quiet time and I literally write it down. Like when I say you have to be intentional with your time, I really think that's so important as a mother or you will never get that time for yourself. So it's, it's not, you know, sexy. It doesn't sound very exciting to schedule in the time for you, but that's how I make it work. So mm. it might be, I get my nails done that week, or it might be, I want to meet a friend for coffee or I go to a networking event. Um, it can like I literally don't have any rule about what it is, but I just make sure that I have one or two hours um, every week that I know is for me to do whatever I want. If I want to take a nap, if I want to watch Netflix, I'll do that too. Um, it's just kind of how what I feel and what I what I need that week. Awesome, I love it. Um, I need to get better at watching Netflix. Um, <laughs> if you could have any job in the world and still maintain balance with being a mum. So let's say that you're all over this mum business, it's going brilliantly, <laughs> and you could have any job in the world and it didn't affect that, what would it be? I mean, I really love the job I do now as a career coach. I just think it's so rewarding to help people, whether it's making a shift in their career or a shift in their mindset, if I'm focusing on the life coaching side of things. 
Um, and really there's no better feeling than when you, you know, get someone that tells you that made such a difference in my life, or I think of this in a totally different way because of it. So, and also the fact that it is flexible, you know, we've got so much stuff we can do online nowadays and there's coaches everywhere. It feels like, um, but I also think it is really great because it means that more people can access helpful information and you can support people in so many more ways um, around the world, really. You know, it's amazing. That, like I'm in London, you're in New Zealand, and here we are connected. We never would have met each other if it wasn't for the, the crazy internet. Yeah. So, so yeah, I really think what I have now is, is perfect because it also gives me flexibility. I can do it around my family and it's just so rewarding. Awesome. Now, if we've got people within our community that would be keen to jump on your no apologies needed, no apology needed um, program, is that something they can do? Yes, they can. Yes. So I actually have some spaces available for July. So you can start in July. I'm going to be closed for the month of August, but it will also start again in September. So if you are interested, you can connect with me on Instagram. It's um, at balance.mother. And um, just send me a message and I'll be happy to speak to you, give you all the details and help you get started. Beautiful. Right. Well, look, Megan, thank you so much. Um, I think that every single woman in our community would feel mum guilt to some degree, some of us more than others. And I think so many of the things that you've said have uh, great tips just in terms of how we can work towards feeling in a better place about that. So a huge thank you for taking your time staying up, even after your power nap, uh, to have a chat with us all the way from the UK. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I loved it. So anytime you want to chat mom guilt again, just let me know. <laughs>